Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Hello, church. Oi, I am so excited to speak tonight and share with you what God has been talking to me about. If I could turn my iPad on. Thank you, Jesus. Right, we're good. Let's pray, hey? Jesus, I just thank you, Lord, for um, every person here right now. And I thank you, Jesus, that you know them, that you see them, that you love them. And Jesus, I thank you that you've got an incredible plan for them. So tonight, I just pray that you speak through me, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you pierce every heart with your love, pierce every heart with your truth. And Jesus, I just pray that there will be breakthrough and freedom and salvation tonight in Jesus' name. People that don't yet know you, Jesus, I thank you they're going to know you tonight. And everybody who believes in Him said... Amen, amen. Let's give God a hand for what, who He is and what He's going to do tonight. All right, you can take your seats. And can we give the band a really awesome cheer? We love you guys. You guys are awesome. So good. All right, I'm aware that Pastor Div spoke last week on commit to community. I'm going to do commit to a life on the altar tonight, just to go with that vibe. Um, I like the youth vibe, guys. I might buy a top for my daughter and for me. Is that allowed? Is that allowed? Okay, good. All right. So commit to life, a life on the altar. And our world teaches us that the key to living our best life, the key to our freedom, the key to contentment is to take control of your lives, yeah? Do what makes you happy. Do whatever you want, whenever you want. Taste everything. Try everything. Um, take what you want, when you want it. And that the peak of success is when you're not serving anyone, but when others are serving you, Yeah? That the world says that, when, that freedom is when you don't need to submit to anyone else's expectations or time restraints, but they submit to you. And it can be a bit of a shock to the system when we meet Jesus and we come into his kingdom and we find out that actually everything that we've been taught, everything that we have been doing in the pursuit of freedom, in the pursuit of, you know, having an awesome life actually doesn't work. And that actually, you know, doing what I want, doing whatever makes me happy, following my heart, taking what I want when I want, actually, rather than brings me to and leads me to a great life, actually leads me to a life of, like, mess, <laughs> yeah? And so, while freedom and satisfaction is absolutely available for us to experience, the way we access true freedom and true satisfaction requires us to do something completely opposite to what we've been taught in the world. These earrings jiggle when I talk. If I get distracted, it might be that. Freedom and contentment isn't found in having absolute control. Freedom and contentment is found in absolute surrender. And not surrender to just anything, but surrender to God, our Father in heaven. The Bible says in Matthew 16, 25, if you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you'll find it and you'll save it. You know, when we experience God's love and His kindness, His mercy, you know, the only true response for us to have is to surrender and obey Him and follow Him. You know, surrender our lives to Him. And any response that, that's less than that is not enough and it's not worship. 
Romans 21, uh, 12 verse 1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. You know, it can get easy and it can be tempting to get caught up in what Jesus can do for us and chase the promises and the plans and the blessing that God has for us, but we can forget what actually our part is in this whole deal. And actually our part is to live as a living sacrifice. 2 John uh, chapter 1 verse 6 says, And this is love, that we walk in obedience to His commands. As you have heard from the beginning, His command is that you walk in love. I think, it's, I think it's possible to fall into the trap of thinking that you're a follower of Christ if you believe in God and if you come to church on the weekends, you read your Bible, you pray. And we can say we love God, we believe in Him, but without obedience, our love is empty. Yeah? To love God is to obey Him. Whether we, whether we agree with Him or not, to love Him is to obey Him. And obedience to God means that we hear Him. We listen to Him, we trust Him, we submit and surrender to Him and His Word. Obedience is how we follow God and obedience is how we honour God. And that o- obedience and surrender haven't always been a strength of mine. Actually, when my family gets together, they love to hear and talk about all of the stories of my disobedience. One of the favourite fam- family stories is one time when my mum dressed us all up, well, my sisters and me, dressed us all up to go and see Santa. And we're walking through the shops and I did not want to see Santa. And so in my protest and in my like intention and like I did not want to see her. My only thing to do, I guess when I was three years old, was to just pull my pants down and sit in the middle of the shopping centre and just stare at my mum and go, so what are you going to do about it? And so apparently at that moment, all of my sisters split and completely disowned disowned us and everyone was in shock horror and mum was left there with me protesting and doing that. I no longer do that, by the way. That's not how I protest. I've moved, I've grown. But fast forward to the present day, and we now have four kids, and apparently I've passed down some of my disobedient tendencies, especially to my youngest one. Uh, He's awesome, but he's a monkey. You know, we have tiny, his name's Chase, he's four. And um, we have tiny, you know, even though we've said, do not draw on the walls, do not draw on the couch, we have tiny little artworks of Chase that I find every day just around my house. When we've told him, no lollies, no more lollies. And then I find him, as if he thinks I don't know he's there, like hiding underneath my bed covers or hiding underneath the rug, uh, underneath the blanket, eating all of the lollies. Or I hear him sharing the lollies to the other kids going, shh, don't tell mum. The other day he played um, hide and seek with us in Kmart for like 20 minutes which is great, but Ross and I had no idea we were playing and so we thought we'd lost him for 20 minutes. We'd done the, you know, the speakerphone going, you know, if there's a chase, please just stay where you are. You know, we're looking for a lost boy. We'd done that for 20 minutes and finally he got caught and he was so annoyed that he got caught. He's a monkey. We're working on the obedience of the journey, but the notion, oh, I've just done something with my notes. Oh. The notion of obedience isn't super, woo, woo, sorry. It's like going up and down, up and down. I knew this would happen. No, I didn't. The notion of obedience isn't super popular these days if you haven't 
figured, or if you haven't guessed. Many parents actually don't teach their kids to obey authority. Many parents teach their kids to challenge and question authority. You know, it's understandable because actually, you know, in history, we've seen horrible things happen as people have obeyed their authority. Um, In the 1950s, a psychologist called Stanley Milgram wanted to find out how the Nazis managed to get ordinary people to um, be a part of the the mass murder of, of the Jews in the Holocaust. And he was intrigued, especially by this man called Adolf Eichmann. I think that's how you say it, Adolf Eichmann. And Adolf Eichmann had actually planned and managed the deportation of millions of Jews to their death. But when he was on trial, he could not see that he had done anything wrong because he wasn't the one making the decisions. He was just obeying his authority. And so Milgram performed experiments to see um, how how far people would go to obey their, their authority. And his experiments involved placing participants in a room as a teacher and having a learner in another room that they could not see. And the teacher was directed to ask the learner questions and deliver electric shocks to them every time that they got the question wrong. And the shocks got progressively worse. Now, the learner actually was part of the experiment. They were, um, they were acting. They weren't actually... Um, yeah, but, but the participant didn't realise this, right? So they just heard screams of pain in the other room. They didn't realise that that person was actually acting. Now, Milgram found that 65% of people, of the participants, were willing to go to the highest level of shock, electric shock, to fatal levels of shock on, um, while obeying the orders. And his experiments sparked a lot of interest in, um, around the world and so into the psychology of obedience. And so a lot of people um, actually then followed on from those experiments and they tested it across um, countries, cultures, uh, ages, and they found similar findings. And so what I, um, what I take from this is this. We humans have it in us to obey. In fact, you could argue that actually we were designed to obey, to have an inclination to obey. The Bible says um, that God made us in His image and His image is the Trinity, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now in the Trinity, the Son obeys the Father, yeah? We were made in His image. As well as this God, in God's design, our obedience to Him is our protection and our blessing. But while God designed us with the inclination to obey, He also gave us free will. And with our free will, we disobeyed God and at that point, sin and all of its ugliness came into the world and because of sin, people do horrible things to each other. And so our design to obey that was meant to bless and protect us has now been twisted by sin to hurt us. And while there is an obvious push against obedience, I also think that sometimes um, people disobey not with the intention of disobedience, but also just because they don't understand or don't realise actually the why behind the obedience. We witnessed the, this on Christmas Day when we were at the beach and while we were out in the water, um, uh, the, the surf lifesavers were coming up the beach and beeping the horn, calling everyone out because there was a shark coming up the beach. So as we're all getting out of the water, we've noticed just, um, just a bit further away from us, there was a young girl who was swimming out 
into the water. She was one of the further ones out. And um, we were calling, everyone was calling her back, yelling, calling her back. And you'd see she kind of kept turning around and then going out because her board was just out of reach. And her surfboard was just floating just a little bit out in, ahead of her. And so as, as we're all calling her, she's just going, oh, she's looking and going, oh, and just kept trying to go and get her board. Now, eventually, a few guys swam out and pulled her in and her board floated out and got picked up by a boat. But um, it was obvious that she had no idea because seconds later, the shark was literally right where she was. She had no idea of the importance of her obedience at that time. And tonight, I want to look at one of history's most incredible and challenging examples of a life surrendered and obedient to God. You know, this is the time where God asked Abraham to sacrifice his own son. And just to give you a bit of context into this story, when Abraham was 99 years old, his wife Sarah was 90 years old, and they'd not been able to have kids. And uh, God promised them a son that they'd call Isaac, and through this son, he promised that, um, that God would, would make Abraham's family numerous and as numerous as, in, as the stars in the sky. And as you can imagine, Abraham was a bit shocked and he laughed, but he trusted God with that promise. And so fast forward, the promise came true, Sarah gave birth to their son Isaac, and we'll read on in Genesis 22, chapter, uh, verse 1 to 14. The story goes like this. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham called, uh, Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much. God's making a point here that he understands how precious Isaac is to Abraham. And go to the land of Moriah, which is over 80 kilometers away. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him, along with his son, Isaac. Then he chopped wood for the fire for the burnt offering and set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here while... Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little further. We will worship there and then we will come right back. So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders while he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them walked, in, walked on together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. We have the fire and the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son, Abraham answered. And they both walked on together. When they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way. For now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in a thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. Abraham named that place Yahweh Yaira, which means the Lord will provide. And to this day, people still use that name as a proverb, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Isn't this the most incredible example of obedience? And I want to share a couple of thoughts that God has been talking to me about um, from this word. Can I just grab my bottle from down there? I'm struggling to open this. Um, thanks, my love. 
All right, the first thing is holding on to God's promise. First point, holding on to God's promises holds us in the challenge of surrender. Holding on to God's promises holds us in the challenge of surrender. Abraham lived his life learning to trust and obey God and God never let him down. And in the previous chapter, chapter 17, before Isaac was conceived, God had given him that promise that he um, would give him a son and, and his son would be the start of his descendants that would be blessed and that, um, that God would be their God, their everlasting God. And so when God told him to sacrifice his son he'd been, that he'd been promised, Abraham, Abraham held on to that promise and trusted God with it. Thank you. When we're in a situation and we don't understand why God is asking us to do something or when God asks us to do something that is far beyond what we believe we can do, we need to trust God's promises, remember God's promises, hold on to God's promises, hold on to who we know God is. Proverbs 3 verse 5 to 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to Him and He will make your path straight. You know, he has so many incredible promises for us who believe him and for us who love him. His promises are that he'll never leave us, that he will love us with an everlasting love, that he has an incredible plan for us that is far above what we could ever imagine or create ourselves. Holding on to his promises from his word holds us and keeps us secure in the challenge of our surrender. The second point is this, your obedience is a generational access key. Verse, it goes on to say in that story, Verse 22, uh, uh, sorry, chapter 22, verse 15 to 18, it goes on to say, Then the angel of the Lord called again to Abraham from, e from heaven. This is what the Lord says, Because you have obeyed me, because you have obeyed me, and not withheld even your son, your only son, I swear now, I swear by my own name that I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number, like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies. And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed, all because you've obeyed me. Our obedience is our generational access key. Abraham's obedience was the access key to the promises that God had for him, for the generations to come after him, and eventually to the world. I don't know about you, but sometimes I can get frustrated and I can feel stuck in my life because I hear all these promises. I hear all this good stuff that God has for me, but I just feel like sometimes I'm not accessing it. I'm not entering into it, you know, and I need them. I need what God says about my life. I need those prom promises. And do you know what I've learned to do in those times when I feel stuck? I've learned to ask God, God, what am I not surrendering to you? What am I not obeying you in? Search my heart. Show me what I'm struggling with. Showing, show me what I'm withholding from you. And God, give me the strength to obey and to surrender. You know, and often the harder the surrender, the, great, the greater the reward. Remember that your surrender is not about you, yeah? When I feel like giving up, when I feel like I can't do this, I don't wanna do this, I don't wanna obey you here, I don't wanna surrender, when I feel like it's too hard, I remember that my obedience opens the door for the generations to come. Yeah, it opens the door of God's blessings for the generations to come. And so if my obedience opens the door, then my disobedience closes the door. And you know what? It's not just about bringing blessing to our life here on earth. It's actually impacting our eternity. Hebrews 5.9 says, um, He became the source of eternal salvation to all those who obey Him. Eternal salvation if we obey Him. 
What is eternal salvation? It's eternal life. It's eternity with Jesus, with God, no pain, no sickness, no sadness. The third thing that I got from this is that often, um, the third thing God's been talking to me about from this is that often the private act of obedience is more significant than the public obedience. For me, it's easy to do what my leaders say. It's easy if they say, stack the chairs, go clean the toilets, done. Serve on this team, done. It's easy for me to do those outward things. But often the hardest acts of obedience for me is what no one else can see. You know, it's what God's asking me to surrender in my heart, in my mind that I find most challenging. I don't know about you. It's the things that I've tried to hide away from everyone else and deal with myself that I most struggle to trust God with. You know, my fear, my anger, my, um, my hurt, my doubt, my offence, my opinion, my experience. And I can have the biggest battle with God that no one else can see. And it can be a decent battle. I'm pretty stubborn at times. <laughs> but in the moment when I surrender, in that moment when I let go and just go, okay, in that moment of surrender, God's peace God's love, God's grace, God's freedom just like rushes into my heart and it's as if I can breathe again. Surrender brings freedom. And you know what? Sometimes I think I've got nothing to give God. Sometimes I think that I've got nothing of significance to give God. But I'm learning that the surrender of the most vulnerable, painful areas of my, of my life is what He values most. And it shows actually the highest form of honour. We honour Him best when we trust Him with our worst. The fourth thing is that when you obey, God provides the way. When God asks you to obey, He promises to be with you. He promises to journey with you. He promises to provide. You know, it say, He said, go and sacrifice Isaac on one of the mountains that I will show you. And then He provided the ram that was caught in the thicket in Isaac's place. And Abraham named that place Yahweh Yara, which, Yara, which means the Lord will provide. You know, God may be asking you to, to surrender or to obey or to do something that you feel is so much further, so, much, so far out of your comfort zone that you're not sure if you can do it. But I wanna encourage you tonight that if God is asking you to do it, He will provide for you what you need to do it. The fifth thing that I get from this scripture and this story is to build your altar big. Abraham had to build his altar and arrange the wood for his sacrifice. You know, we get to build the altar for our lives and determine the size of our surrender, determine the size of our sacrifice. And the way we do this is by positioning our hearts and positioning our calendar to surrender. I know what it's like to lead a full life. I know what it's like. With four kids, they've got their extracurricular activities, they've got birthday parties, play dates. We, Ross works, I work, you know, we, I know what it's like, yeah, trying to keep the house tidy, ha, huh? that's a bit of a joke sometimes. But I can get caught up with distractions. I can get busy very quickly and fill my calendar with all sorts of stuff that um, seems important at the time, but really isn't. And before I know it, even though I genuinely wanna follow God, I genuinely wanna surrender, and I genuinely wanna be used by God, my calendar is so full of other stuff that I don't have time to hear God, let alone obey and do what He's asking me to do. And I wanna encourage you tonight, at the beginning of 2022, what kind of altar, altar are you building for God? What have you set up in your life 
and in your schedule for God to use you? Is being available to God a priority in your calendar or is it an afterthought? You know, Abraham had lived his life intentionally listening to God, intentionally following him and and obeying him. He prioritized him and made space for him. So when God called him, he was quick to answer, yes, here I am. When you set your life as an altar for the Lord, surrendering and obeying him is easy, yeah? But if Jesus and building his house, serving in his house, serving him is an add-on to your already busy schedule, then obeying and and surrendering is hard. You know, and you can end up living frustrated because you're hearing about all the promises that God has for you, but you're not stepping into it because you're not making space in your life to do so. I wanna encourage you, don't make building God's house and serving Him and surrendering to Him an add-on to your life. Have a look at your calendar, have a look at your heart, position your heart to obey, position your heart to be teachable and have a look and go, God, I'm making an altar, I'm building and I'm setting my altar big and strong so that you can use me this year in Jesus' name. And then the sixth thing is put yourself on the altar. You know, Isaac wasn't a little boy. He was old enough to walk the 80 Ks. He was old enough to carry his own firewood up the mountain So he was probably quite a fit, strong teenager, young man, they say. Um, He was old enough and strong enough to challenge Abraham, to fight Abraham, and to not allow Abraham to put him on the altar. But he allowed himself to be put on the altar. What an incredible example of honour and a surrender and obedience. And through Abraham's obedience to God and through Isaac's obedience to Abraham, God's salvation strategy came through their descendants to save the world and his name was Jesus. You know, you wanna walk into your promised land. You wanna walk into everything that God's got for you this year. You wanna live in the fullness and the freedom and the awesome stuff that he has, the purpose of God for you. Build a big altar and put yourself on it. Choose to live on the altar, fully surrendered, fully, um, fully obedient fully available for God to use you and let go of the excuses and just watch as the door opens for you, watch as the door opens for the people around you. We don't know who's on the other side of your obedience, but we know and we can trust that God has got a lot of people there waiting in Jesus' name. I'm gonna ask if the team can come up. Let's, um, yeah, let's just stand up. Let's pray for a minute. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just thank you for every person right here. Lord, I thank you that you love them. Lord, I thank you you've got an incredible plan for them. And Jesus, I just pray right now for those people who haven't yet surrendered their heart to you. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you work right now. Lord, just draw them closer to you. Show them who you really are, Jesus. Lord, as we surrender you to you, God, as we obey you, as we give our hearts and our lives to you, Jesus, I thank you that there are incredible promises on the other side of that obedience. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Let's just worship, hey? Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. 
If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.